This sermon is brought to you by Shofar East London. Together, living out the fullness of Christ. We hope you enjoy this message. How do we become a champion? I want to unpack that a little bit today. So um, I'm sure we all know the fairy tale of uh, Snow White and, and the dwarfs. And you have the evil stepmother standing in front of the mirror. Mirror, mirror. Who's the fairest of them all? You remember that? And then the mirror was like, ugh. Ugh. I don't know how to tell you this, but it's not you. You're not the fairest. You're not the most, the prettiest. And the stepmother didn't take it very well. She was like, oh, I'm going to kill that Snow White. And it's a bit of an extreme example, but I think it reveals human nature. We don't like feedback. We don't like negative feedback. We don't like criticism. We like, no. And like, that's like our human fleshly response to negative feedback. And if we want to become a champion, you need to receive a bit of feedback. Some years ago, I was uh, in Cape Town, I rented a car, and it was a rainy day. I was driving one of the the main highways, and I was on, on, on the one lane, and at some point, I looked in my mirror, and there was no one there, and then I started to move over from the one lane to the next, and as I was moving over, suddenly, I realized there's a car. <laughs> and how did I do that? Blind spot. I didn't check my blind spot. I didn't look around. And so I almost caused an accident because I didn't look in my blind spot. And the truth is all of us have blind spots. We have blind spots. We tend to not be very self-aware. We are not sufficiently self-aware. And if you and I want to become a champion, if we want to become all that God has called us to be, if we want to win in life, There is this process, this transition, this transformation that needs to happen. And one of the keys would be to become aware of the blind spot, to become aware of the areas that we're missing it. But we tend to be resistant and we tend to want to kill the messenger. I've seen this over the years and we see this in our country as well. You know, sometimes people would give some criticism or they would, you know, Try to help or try to give that guy something wrong. And then someone would say, oh, you are a racist. That's why you're so negative or or whatever. You know, all the excuses we make because we want to kill the messenger because we don't like the feedback. That's not the attitude of a champion. The attitude of a champion is like, give me feedback. Okay, so quickly, what is the breakfast of champions? Pro-neutro, wheat bigs. The breakfast of champions is feedback. Feedback. Feedback is the breakfast of champions. People that can handle feedback. People that allow God and others around them to speak into their lives so that they can see their blind spots. Those are the people that become champions. So I want to help you today how to become a champion. How to overcome in life. How to become all that God has called you to be. 
And what I realize is, you know, there's these like circles of influence. You know, on, on the outer circle, it would be sort of online, you know, social media, people far away, you know, their opinion doesn't matter so much. Then you might have work colleagues or people at school or you're studying with that they, they, they also a little bit further away. They can also give one feedback. But the most important ones are the closest to you. Your inner circle, your spouse, children, parents, close friends, what they think of you matters the most. Why? Because you can fake it out there. You can fake it. You can look amazing to the people out there. But the question is, how do people closest to you, what are they saying? What are they experiencing? So it's easy to like, you know, think, well, I'm a champion, you know, make these declarations over your life. We often talk about that here at our church, you know, that you need to stand on the word of God and you need to declare who you are. You know, I'm more than a conqueror. You know, I'm the head, not the tail. The enemy will come against me one way, but he will flee seven ways. You know, all, there's so many beautiful declarations and truths of who you and I are in God. You're a child of the king. The son of God, this, and, and that really impacts who we are, but it can't stay there. There needs to be a transformation where that, what you believe about yourself manifests in reality. You know, you can't like Sundays, yes, more than a conqueror. And you know, if I would ask your family, your wife, kids, oh, what do you think about him? Like, well, oh, no. <laughs> They're disillusioned, they're offended, they are hypocrites, that kind of thing. You know, people at work, wow, that guy's a jerk. But on Sundays, (laughs) conqueror, I'm a champion. How do you transition from declaring who God says you are to manifesting it in reality? There is a process. That you and I need to follow. And part of that is feedback. Another aspect is also you and I need to have that desire. You need to embrace the attitude of a champion. What is an attitude of a champion? I want to grow. Attitude of a champion. It's like guys, dads, you know, you, you physically sometimes draw, you know, drive the car. But it's a a metaphor for you're driving spiritually, relationally, you're driving the car of your family. And if you don't see your blind spots, if you don't deal with your stuff, you can crash that car. And it's, and, and it, and it impacts lives. You know, so the series we're doing is called True Love. If you and I truly love the people around us, our families, kids, spouse, friends, whoever, we love people. If you truly love people, deal with your stuff. Amen? Deal with your stuff. Because if you don't deal with your stuff, people are going to get hurt. Cars are going to crash. Pain will follow. Marriages will dissolve. Children will turn away from God because dad's a joke. Dad's a hypocrite. You don't want to do that. 
You know, so that's why, I, you know, sometimes we, we make an idol of our public image. And I see this sometimes amongst people. It's like, oh, I just want people to think I'm wonderful. The truth is, it doesn't really matter what people think. It, but it really matters what God thinks. And it really, really matters what your family, those closest to you, think. And so those, that, that, that matters. So I, I love it when, when I speak to Sonica or to my son, our son, you know, and I get feedback from them and I'm like, and obviously I get sometimes challenging feedback once every 10 years, you know, like, Andre, you need to like just uh, grow in this area a little bit. I'm kidding. No, no, more often, you know, I get feedback, but, but I, I, I love it when, when my family would say Andre is the same year in the pulpit as he is at home. That, that, that for me is the win. That's okay. I'm on track. Not perfection. No one's perfect. No one. The aim isn't perfection. The aim is to be real, to be humble, to be authentic, to talk about our challenges. But it's like, I don't want to have a disconnect between my public image and my backstage image in terms of who I really are. And the same for you. You know, so I want to help us. How do we become, how do you and I step into becoming, being truly a champion? How do we transition from who God says we are to in reality, in the natural manifesting, revealing the life of Jesus? Because that's where you want to you be. You want to, okay, this is what God is saying about you. But then you want to get to a point where people look at your life and they say, I see Jesus in you. I see a little bit of God in you. That's where you want to get to. That's transformation. That's being authentic. And, and this is critical. So I want to help you not have unnecessary pain. So come on, say feedback. It's the breakfast of champions. Not pro neutro. Okay. So you want to, you want to, you want to grow. You want to grow. You want to, you want to embrace that transformation process. And I want to give us some keys today of how you and I can grow. Okay. And so, so I'm going to hold before you. There's basically two mirrors that you, you and I need to look at. The one is the glory mirror. The glory mirror is all the good things that God speaks over our lives. His word, his love. That's the glory mirror. You want to, that's a, it's a nice place to be. It is wonderful. It's like you feel encouraged and strengthened and hopeful and faithful when you're at the glory mirror. But then there's the truth mirror as well. I'm using it in that context. The truth mirror is these are some of the things you need to work on. So you want to be in the glory mirror most of the time so that you can have the courage to come and look in the other mirror. Say, ah, Enough. Some things I need to work on. Okay, glory mirror and then truth mirror. Okay, so let's look at this. Romans 4.17 in the message translation speaks. It just gives a beautiful angle to to this. Um, so it's about, it's about Abraham and his, his journey. And it says, we call Abraham father. He's the father of, of, of the faith. Not because he got God's attention by living like a saint. Praise God. Wasn't because he was perfect. It gives all of us hope. But because God made something out of Abraham when he was a nobody. I love that. 
He was a nobody. He lived an imperfect life. And God came to him and made something from a nobody. Somebody became from a nobody. And that gives you and me, encourage us because God wants to do the same with you. It doesn't matter what your life currently looks at. God is able to bring this transformation to our lives. And it continues, isn't that what we've always read in scripture? God saying to Abraham, I set you up as father of many peoples. He was, he was, he was, is it Abraham was first named father and then became a father because he dared to trust God to do what only God could do, raise the dead to life with a word, make something out of nothing. So what's happening there? First, God came to Abraham and he said to him, you, Abraham, he was Abraham, he called him Abraham. And he said, you are the father of many nations. So the word came, the glory mirror, Abraham, I'm going to do these incredible things through your life and your offspring will be like the stars of the sky and the sand on the seashore. The nations will be impacted. Now that's glory mirror. That's like, yes. Awesome. Uh, but God, there's just one problem. I have no kids. <laughs> the word hasn't become flesh. The word hasn't become reality. And so he was called father, but he wasn't yet a father. Do you see it there? The word, the, 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 the glory mirror of what God speaks. But now there's this process of Becoming in reality a father. Becoming where there's actually a literal son. The word becoming flesh. You see, in the spirit, God declares who we are. But then it needs to manifest in the natural. Otherwise, there's a disconnect. And so it continues there and it says, He dared to trust God. He dared to trust. Come on, say trust. He dared to trust. You see, this is part of this transformation process. It is by faith. It is by trusting in God. Lord, you've said, you know, because in reality, it doesn't feel like it right now. My performance is subpar to who you said I am. God, but I trust in you. I partner with you to bring transformation to my life. You know, in my case, when I was 18 years old, I came to Christ I was a mess, but praise God, he didn't show me everything that's wrong with me because that would have been disastrous because I had to feel like my life's a mess, but I didn't, I had no clue how much of a mess it was. And so God comes and he highlights one thing at a time to lead us on this process of transformation. But Abraham dared to trust God. So I want to encourage you, dare to trust in God. And then it says there, but he became... A father because he dared to trust. And then he says, so to what only God could do. You cannot change yourself. But you can partner with God to change you. Okay, so partner. And then he says, raise the dead to life. With the word, make something out of nothing. Now, if God can raise the dead then he can take up a messed up life and make something beautiful. Amen? 
You can take any area of your life where there's hopelessness or despair or, 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 or messiness or brokenness or whatever it might be relationally or, or internally or emotionally or whatever it is. If God can raise the dead, he can make something beautiful from your life. Amen. Amen. Come on. So you need to hold on to that word. You need to receive the word and then partner with the Lord to see that transformation come to pass. But it says that with a word, make something out of nothing. With a word. It always starts with a word. It always starts with a word. It's always the word of the Lord comes and then change follows. But how you and I relate to the word, how we respond to the word will determine if there will be real change. Amen. So the word. Caused. Something. To come out of. Nothing. So I, I did a. Interview with Heinrich Titus. It's on my on the Kingdom Unleashed YouTube channel. We do a monthly interview. And so Heinrich is the leader of. Of the Shofar family of churches. And we're good friends. We've been friends for quite a while. And so in this interview, I was asking Heinrich a bit of the backstory. I didn't even know this, but he told in this interview, he shared. Now, so the backstory is this. Heinrich is a colored man, but his ancestors, his grandfather was a a laborer on a farm in in the Cape Town area. and, and, And they were paid with wine. So there was a lot of alcoholism, a lot of brokenness. It was generations upon generations of just carnage. So Heinrich's dad got educated, became a Germany, a pastor. And then Heinrich says when he was in grade 11, there was a visiting speaker that came to speak at the church. And he said the presence of God was there. And then he says, Heinrich said, he started to manifest a demon. Wildly, he was on the floor, and he said he like he was com- was completely taken over by this demonic spirit. He would throw people around, and he was like inside, going like, "What's happening? I'm the pastor's kid. This is terrible." And and you'd think there's just so much shame that would go with that. But he says, as he was being delivered, that messiness. Then the word of the Lord came from this. Visiting evangelist. And the word of the Lord came and said, God said to him, Heinrich, that I'm going to raise you up as a leader. You're going to be a leader of men and you will lead men to impact Africa. Come on. I love that. In the messiness. In the manifesting a demon. Pastor's kid. But I realize there is no shame with these things. We all need deliverance and freedom and healing. We all need God to touch us. Who cares about the public image? Let's get free. And I've also found over this last season that deliverance is a process. It has once and then happens. Things like that happen again. So about 15 years ago, um, Heinrich and I we were in Stellenbosch before we came to East London. And so uh, it was just after a Bible school evening, and uh, we were sitting there uh, in, in, in a car in the dark, street lamp somewhere, like in the dark, and we we're chatting, and he was sharing about how he was struggling with his hearing voices, telling him, you're a failure, 
your failure your failure. And say, oh man, let's, let's pray into that. And so we start to pray. The next moment, the presence of God floods into the car. And then my friend started to speak in a funny voice. So he started to say, he's a failure. He's a failure. He's a failure. I'm like, you are freaking me out. But the Holy Spirit came, the presence and the power of God came and revealed a demonic thing within him. And we took authority over it and we cast that thing out of his life. And he was beautifully set free. Amen. Come on, give Jesus praise for that. The Lord sets free. But the word comes and the word makes something out of nothing. Deliverance is a, is a process. It's a, a journey. There could be multiple instances of deliverance. And I tell you, the fear of God is on me because I was thinking about what has happened in our church family over the last 10 years. There have been multiple men of God, anointed preachers, anointed men of God who didn't deal with their backstage stuff. Who didn't get, I believe they needed deliverance. But they didn't get it. And the end result was they are outside of ministry today. They have lost their way. They are publicly shamed because they didn't deal with their stuff. You know, so I am not impressed with great preaching. I am not impressed with the the front of house picture. I want to speak to your wife. I want to speak to your kids. Who's dad really? What is he like at home? How does he, how does he function? I want to, I want to know what's really happening. You can fake it in public. You can't fake it at home. And I'm like, guys, come on. I, I say the fear of God is on me. I just, I need to deal with my stuff. I need to get help. If I'm struggling with something, I need to get help. And I want to encourage you. The attitude of a champion is something isn't right. Let me get help. Something isn't right. I need the word of the Lord. I need to walk this journey of transformation. I need to walk this journey of freedom. You know, and when it comes to deliverance, when it comes to freedom, it's not just go to someone to pray for you. You need to walk a road in the word of God to have your mind renewed and your heart renewed so that when you get set free, that you remain free. Otherwise, it just comes back. So I want to encourage you with that. You see, when it comes to, and I know it's just, how these things work, but here's a picture of, of some cats, social media cats, real life cats. <laughs> Couples on social media. Oh, we are so wonderful. And then real life, yeah. Shh. You know? It's like you're coming to church on a Sunday and you're fighting like crazy. And then when you come through these doors, it's like, ha ha, we are here. We are so blessed. We are so perfect. You liar. Part of life is that it's messy. So we had a beautiful wedding yesterday with Kylie, Vickers and Kylie. And uh, I shared with him. And I, and I, and I, and I realized when I, Often when we do premarital counseling, then these couples, you know, and then we sit and then Sonic and I would share about, guys, marriage is tough at times. 
you fight the Noah when the babies come. Ooh, God help you. And yeah, you don't sleep for months and then try to be patient and calm and loving. You know, it's, it's challenging. And then they sit, the couple sit there and they're like, <laughs> not us, other people, but we, we are in love. Yeah, 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 we'll talk again. <laughs> but so it's like we, we forget that life is messy and challenging and, and, and you throw all these things into the mix and then you realize you need God and you need help. And the only way you're going to deal with the things in your life is if, if, you're, if you're authentic, if you are real, if you choose to be humbled, if you you say, hey, I need help. Get We need that attitude of the champion. Come on. Champion's attitude. And, uh, and, and I realize when it comes to say like marriage or uh, this is what I told Vickers and Kylie yesterday, the wedding, beautiful, beautiful wedding. Young couple, I think like 22 years old, something like getting married. I'm like, beautiful. And they really did it so well, you know, like pure before marriage. They're just really following God's way. So proud of them. And then I, I told them, I told them, Vickers, Kylie, from this day onwards, the two of you are the most powerful people in the world for one another. You, Vickers, you have the most power over your wife than any other human being on the planet. You can absolutely destroy her. Or you can build her up like no other person on the planet. We forget that. We forget the power in our words. We forget the impact of how we treat those, especially those closest to us. And and those things can either hurt us and wound us, and then we struggle even more, or we can build one another up. So I want to remind us of these things. So my wife, she teaches me about the things of love. I sit at her feet and learn. And she has told me that the way to a woman's heart, guys, you need to listen now. The way to a woman's heart is just one thing. Kindness. Kindness. Ladies, is that true? (laughs) There we hear it. Kindness. Just being kind to your kids, to those around you, to your spouse. Has such an impact. And I'm like, we guys, it's so simple. Just feed us. (laughs) Just so simple. It's not very hard. Feed us and don't interrupt us while we watch the box play tonight. That is it. Now, there's other things as well, but, you know, at its core. <laughs> but kindness, it's, it's, it's so simple, it's yet so profound. Especially in the, in relationships that we are familiar in a sense, you know, you, and you're busy and then you, you, you know, get irritated with the kids or irritated with your wife or, you know, and, and kindness is so powerful. And that is the key. If if you and I are to reveal the true image of Christ, it needs to manifest on that level in kindness, in being loving, being patient, being 
self-controlled. That is where it needs to manifest. So I want to encourage you. So we need a transformation from, for transition from what the Lord says, who we are, to actually being it. And if it's not happening in your life, you're not being kind. You're being irritable, impatient, or whatever else. Then, yes, blame somebody else. That's a brilliant solution. But it's not the attitude of a champion. The attitude of a champion is, it's me. No, I'm not going to blame my work colleague. No, I'm not going to blame life or circumstances. I'm not going to blame my spouse. I'm not going to blame the kids. I'm not going to blame anyone. Why? Because I'm a champion. I'm an overcomer. I take responsibility for my life. I want to encourage you in that. Don't blame shift. Because we love to do that. That is like when in, in, in our relationship, you know, when Sonica challenges me on something, my first instinctive response is, it's not me. <laughs> it's somebody else. It was the same first time when God challenged a Adam in the Garden of Eden. And he said, Adam, what have you done? Adam was like, well, it's the woman you gave me. <laughs> and Eve was like, it's the snake. And as I said, the snake had no leg to stand on. <laughs> but it's human nature. We want to blame, 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 divert, kill the messenger instead of just grow up, own it. I need to up my game. You see, the truth is when you and I are born again, we are new creations in Christ as we've been speaking about some weeks ago and your spirit comes alive and then the Holy Spirit comes and lives on the inside of you and your spirit and the Holy Spirit become one. What does it mean? You have full access to the fruit of the spirit. You have unlimited access to love and joy and peace and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control. It is yours. Now that is a good word. But it needs to manifest in reality. It needs to manifest in the natural realm. So that's what God says to you in the spirit. But now you need to contend for that to become your reality. And then you need to do what you need to do to get free. Sometimes it could be a demonic influence in your life that keeps you from becoming who God has called you to be. But so we need to embrace the the transformation. Come on, say it. It's me that needs to grow up. Amen. Amen. That's the truth. We, the feedback is the breakfast of champions. Champions embrace an attitude. I want to grow. I never blame the people around me. It's me that needs to grow. I told, we had a pastor summit now in Cape Town and I told the guys, I told the pastor, I said, guys, you are not a victim of your congregation. You need to grow if you want to see your church grow. The same for all of us. You want a blessed marriage? You grow. You want to have a blessed family? You grow. You want a blessed life? You grow. Amen? Now that is the attitude of a champion. You grow. And God is there to help you. Okay, so four sources of feedback. Just want to get practical quickly. So number one, God's word. God's word cuts like a sword. And how do we normally, I've often said this, but how do we normally read the word of God? We open the scriptures. I hope you open the scriptures. You open the scriptures and you read it and you're like, 
Yeah, my wife needs to read this. <laughs> we want to cut somewhere else. But a champion says, no, it's first for me. Champion, even to, now I'm preaching to you, but I'm preaching to myself first. I need to live the word that I preach. Otherwise, I'm a hypocrite. So the first step in the word of God is to allow the word of God to speak to you. Which is beautiful. But I want to, I want to take you guys to a, to, to a, to a, a passage. 2 Corinthians 3, 16 to 18. Before we get into the, 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 the word there. It says, nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. The moment you turn to Jesus, the veil, the disconnect, the obstacle between you and the Lord, it is removed. So, so now you can encounter God. But in the same way, you need to reveal yourself to God. You need to make yourself vulnerable to God. It is called intimacy. What does intimacy stand for? It stands for into me you see. It's beautiful. It's a surrender. It's no walls, no reserve, nothing held back. Intimacy is a safe space where I can just be myself. And receive. And that is the way that we need to come to God. It's like, Lord, here I am. There are no off-limit areas for you. Speak into my life. Do what you want to do. Mold me, form me, change me. God, I fully surrender. I step into that place of intimacy. Into me, you see. No off-limit areas, not finances, not sexuality, not relationships, not attitude, not thought life. No, 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 no limits, nothing, no off-limit areas. That is when Jesus is Lord of your life. Amen. So it says there, the veil is taken away. Then verse 17, now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Freedom comes by the power of the Holy Spirit. Verse 18, but we all with unveiled face. Beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. Are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. Beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. That is that, oh God. That encouragement of who he is and what he says about you. And then he says, you are transformed. You are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. Being transformed. That's the sanctification process. So he declares who you are, but then there's change as you receive his glory. He changes you from glory to glory, just as by the spirit of the Lord. Nothing hidden. Nothing held back. Full surrender. That is what God calls you and me into. Okay, so back to the word of God. First source of feedback to Timothy 3, verse 16 to 17. It says, all scripture is inspired by God. And is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong. That's the truth, Murray. Realize what is wrong in our lives. 
And then it continues there and says, it corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Now what happens is that we, we get emotionally connected to certain things in our lives. Certain sins and certain disobediences, certain areas. And so when we sometimes come to the word of God, we allow our emotions to reinterpret scripture. Instead of allowing it to cut, allow it to convict, allow it to to remove from us the things that are not of God. Okay, so that's number one. You need to allow the word of God to cut like a sword, full surrender. Okay, and so next week I'm going to unpack a few things in terms of the word of God and in our culture and where people allow their emotions to change the meaning of scripture, it's going to be great. Okay, so I'm just setting things up for next week. Number two, God's spirit, sources of feedback. The spirit of God is like a fire that burns. And so when you and I come to the spirit, come to God, we must allow the Holy Spirit to convict us, to challenge us. Again, you mostly the time you look into the mirror of glory and you just enjoy God and you focus on all he says, all the good things he says about you. But there are times, there are moments when the Holy Spirit comes to convict us. You know, I know some people like they read the verse John 16, 8. It says that when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin. He will convict and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. I know some people want to reinterpret that scripture to say, no, he only convicts the world, those out there. But that is not my experience. The first word I received from God as an 18-year-old after coming to Christ was, Andre, do you realize that you hate your mother? I'm like, no, I don't. But you're right. There was a bitterness and ungodliness in my heart. And the Holy Spirit came and put his light on it. I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful that God would come and reveal things. And it's the same. The Holy Spirit wants to come and reveal to us. Husbands, you know, as the scripture says, do not be bitter towards your wives. But sometimes as things progress, we get a, get a, like a resentment towards our spouse. And the Holy Spirit wants to come and reveal that. Because if there's a bitterness, there's access for evil. And chaos will follow and pain will follow. And so you don't want that to happen. You don't want a scenario where you and I, where we are resistant to feedback, resistant to the word of God, resistant to conviction. And then four or five years down the line, things fall apart. And I, and I see it. I see it. Things fall apart. Marriages fall apart. And what do we do? We blame the other one or somebody else or whatever it is. Instead of just owning it, owning it, and allowing the Holy Spirit to grow us. Number three, failure. Another area of feedback. Failure. We learn more from our failures than we do from our successes. I love this quote by Winston Churchill. He said, success is stumbling from failure to failure with no loss of enthusiasm. That is often how life works, business world uh, and in many other areas. Sometimes you have to keep on just keep on doing it, keep on going, keep on stepping out, keep on risking until things begin to work. Okay, so, so that, 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 that is critical. But so many people that fail once or twice and then we give up. No, don't give up. Keep on 
being enthusiastic, full of joy, pursuing the Lord, listening to his voice, stepping out, and you're going to find success. That is the attitude of a champion. But now there's another aspect. John Wooden says, failure isn't fatal, but failure to change might be. So it's one thing to have a failure. No issue. But are you learning from the failure? Broken relationship? That's okay. There's love and grace and mercy, but now learn from that. But if you're having broken relationship, broken relationship, broken relationship, divorce, 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 and you're still like woman. No, you. You. That's, that's, that's the attitude of champion. I need to grow. So obviously there's one thing that remains the same in all of these failures. It's me. I need to grow. I've made many failures in my life, but I tend to grow from them because I ask questions about it. Why, why did this happen? Why, why was there a fight with that person? Why was there unnecessary conflict in that scenario? What happened there? You know, and my wife is very helpful. Very helpful to reveal to me what I did wrong. But she's very, very respectful. Sonic is amazing. She never tells me, well, I told you so. But I tell myself, oh, she told me. (laughs) She told me. But she's gracious. And that helps me to come back to her and say, hey, let's talk about this. What did I do wrong? We need feedback. We tend not to be self-aware. How many times in my life I've done something and I think, yeah, that was great. And then I speak to my wife or somebody and I get, oh, like, oh, no, it wasn't that great. In the sense of I, I maybe was unkind in that area or I, I wasn't, I didn't say it the way I should have. And, you know, so, so we need feedback. And failure tends to, you know, so, so if, if we're not going to listen to the word of God and we're not going to listen to the Holy Spirit, then, and we're not going to listen to people around us. We're not learning. We're not growing. Well, guess what? Then life will start speaking to us. It's called pain. Pain. It's the, it's mercy from heaven when we experience pain because then we can learn. The biggest mistake you can make is to experience pain and then just blame everybody else. And I've seen that over the years. It breaks my heart because I'm like, dude, I am just stepping away from this vehicle because it's going to be nuclear soon. Bah! It's going to blow up. Humility, the attitude of a champion is humility. We own our stuff. We don't blame people. And we get in, we, we learn from our failures. We learn from mistakes. This is so critical. And then fourthly, source of ending off, source of feedback is it's people. Especially those closest to you. So you can just put up the four things. Four, four areas of feedback, sources of feedback. God's word, God's spirit, failure, and then people. Okay, and then just ending off with this, how to receive feedback. Just four points. How to receive feedback. Because you're a champion. Come on, say, I'm a champion. Champion. Can feel it in the air. Booker. <laughs> I'm always thankful that rugby is not my God because that's very scary to go into a game where you don't know what's going to happen. 
But we're going to enjoy it. We're going to enjoy it. Okay, so how to receive feedback. Look into the glory mirror often. As I've said, look, you need to be, you need to encourage yourself. You need to look, you need to look in the glory. You need to remind yourself of who you are in Christ so that you can face the challenges. So you can face the truth. Am I truly loving? Easy to say, hey, I love. Are the people experiencing love? Is your wife or spouse, you know, you need, so you need to ask so you can learn and grow. Look into the glory mirror. Secondly, receive feedback even if it hurts. That's why you need to look into the glory mirror. Receive feedback. You need feedback. God designed the world like a humility, humility, humility. There was a season in my life that I felt I only need to receive from God. I'm prophetic. I hear his voice. God will purposely not speak to you. So he wants you to humble yourself and, and, and receive from the people around you. Number three, ask. When the failures come, what should I learn from this failure? What should I learn? How many times in a scenario when my wife would be upset because of something I said or did, then she would be crying and I'm instinctively just worked up. Throw me, sir. And I immediately think it's just something wrong with her. And then when I actually sit down and we talk about things and she explains to me how a woman works. And I'm like, oh, so obvious. Me, I did something wrong. I said it in the wrong way. I was unkind. But in that in engagement, talking through things and I get understanding of where she's coming from. And what I said, I thought I said this, but it came across like that. And you miss one another. And then you can find one another. So ask this question. What should I learn from this conflict? What should I learn from what just happened? And then lastly, invite one thing feedback. Number one, what's one thing you particularly appreciate about how I did that? Now, that's a good question. Honey, in what way do you think I am awesome? That's glory mirror. Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay, now, courage, courage, courage. Ask the next question. What's one thing you see me doing or failing to do that you think I should change? Yo, praise God. Now that's a big one. That's where you need to be in the glory mirror. And then just that one thing. He says, what's that one thing? Ladies, that's where you must make a list of everything you want to change in your husband. But then you must prioritize. What's number one? What's number one? Only number one. Don't do ten. It's going to freak him out. Can't handle it. Just one. What's the one thing that is most important to you? And then you bring it out. I'm sure, ladies, your prayers are being answered today. (laughs) This is your moment today, not during the Bok game tonight. It's not the time. Not Not the time. You must... What is it? One thing. And you can start on it with your... You can also start by saying, hey, what is one thing I need to work on? Okay? So, one thing feedback it is beautiful so forget about the fake yeah this is a shofar church we blow shofars <laughs> hallelujah okay so the breakfast of champions 
It's feedback. Amen? Come on, say feedback. Come on, say, I love feedback. <laughs> Develop, cultivate an appetite or a taste for feedback. It is just, it's, that's where the hard work comes in. That was, but, but the fruit, the result is beautiful relationships, healthy hearts. It's wonderful. It really, really is wonderful. Amen. Thank you for listening. Find more on Shofar East London's podcast channel. Let's do life together.